0: Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network every single day. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, BBN, it's a big deal to us and we're going to talk about it. My name is Jay Kyle man of The Dime Drop. I also some video work on The Ringer and I'm joined as always by
1: Kyle Tucker of The Athletic.
0: You're turning into basically <laughs> a, trying, a, a trying, jazz musician. Trying, like to, you're just, trying
1: to change it up on you. Uh, You're Kyle just Tucker of the a
0: melodic master of speech. You really are. Yeah.
1: Guy on Tucker of the
0: Athletic. How you doing, Good,
1: bud? Man. I'm great. I, I am uh, actually off work this week, just taking a little mental health week, but uh, off of my my full time gig at the Athletic. At the Athletic. But at uh, the Athletic, still be here every day, Monday through Friday, talking about the cats with you on the uh, Locked On kentucky podcast but uh, i'm good i'm feeling refreshed i took a nap in the middle of the day today which i haven't done in a while and that is a thing that we should all be allowed to do
0: i do it sometimes but i'm not good at naps I, i don't do them well because i don't i just don't sleep well period so if i try to take a nap in the middle of the day I usually end up feeling like I have like a a vicious hangover when I wake up. I don't know what you ever get those like, like the super grog. Yeah. It's kind of hard
1: to get up from a nap, but naps are, uh, naps are pretty clutch. Do you ever use a sound app with like ocean waves or any sort of like, uh, meditation music? Those, those, I find those actually work really well.
0: Like especially flute. for maps. Yeah.
1: Uh, I just listen to ocean waves. They, I need something to cancel out all the other things that I could possibly hear
0: that would like distract my mind. Like annoying children that you have to take yes, care of, yeah, stuff those, like that. Nuisance. especially yeah yeah well uh today guys we're going to give you a little we're going to give you a day off from worrying about football we'll have plenty of time to talk about that as the week goes on and so you can heal because there's all kinds of exciting basketball stuff that we're going to start to preview like we talked about at the end of last uh last episode and there are some things to talk about Kyle did some serious writing uh this week last night specifically right you pulled an Was it the night before? You pulled like an all-nighter and did like 20,000 words, right?
1: I wrote a lot, yeah. I, uh... Yeah, yeah, a lot. We'll talk about that more, but
0: yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk recruiting. Uh, some things have happened, as you might have heard, and then also we're going to just do some previewing of the upcoming season uh, because Kyle got some juicy info on that. But the biggest news, the news of the weekend, basketball-wise, I would say, was the commitment of one Mister Terrence Clark, the six-six, about one hundred and eighty-five pound uh, combo guard. Uh, he's originally from Boston. Boston Mass, I believe, played for Brewster Academy up there and plays his AAU ball for uh, New York Renaissance. Uh, Kyle, have you ever seen Terrence Clark in person?
1: Yeah, actually, I can't remember if it was the, the – I've been trying to figure this out. I think I sent this to you. Uh, but he was either the first or the second player that Calipari watched in person of the whole res- recruiting cycle on the on the spring-summer grassroots circuit. Um I went to the very first event in Atlanta, and walked in the gym. I think I walked in and he was watching Terrence Clark. If not, he was watching Cade Cunningham. And then the next game was Terrence Clark on the same court because uh, Cal sat in the same place, same chair, same court for about three hours uh, that <laughs> <His> night. Thrown, <laughs> yeah, and he gets that. You know, he has one of the assistants. I think he was Tony that was in charge. I Tony thought you were going to say
0: tony was fanning him with like a well few, feeding a him grapes feather. that was yeah.
1: yeah one feeds grapes the other fans yeah he's uh, a
0: togon. yeah
1: but some one of them always does like stake out and save him a seat like in the the best spot uh you know he was right on the baseline right in the corner um you know a lot of times he'll he'll if you know if he's really trying to make an appearance i think he he gets the seat. <laughs> Like right under the basket, basically. Like if Does the guy have, dunks, like, if the guy ston- dunks and keeps going, he'll fall in Cal's lap.
0: <laughs> Does um, he have like stone cold, like the breaks breaks glass, like that sound? And he comes <laughs> yeah, into the arena. yeah. Can I can I say something? I really uh, can I say something, Cal? nope. <laughs> really nope. nope, you can't. Sorry, buddy. Uh, I really enjoyed like in the Bahamas observing Cal's like network of uh, guys that support him, like his managers that help him. Yes. Like it was just funny to observe. Like it, it, Cal was totally coaching those games. He was like the shadow coach of those Bahamas games, and to just watch him relay sometimes via like hand signals, like thumbs up, thumbs down. He seriously was like walking Phoenix in uh, Gladiator. He was just like no, and everybody was like, okay, cool. Hey, they they said you could do an interview now, and he was like thumbs down. You know, uh, I am displeased. Yes, Cal. Uh, he fed somebody to the rancor at one point. That was that was rough. But so anyway. In, yeah, in, in so, Atlanta.
1: so yeah, in Atlanta, first weekend of the of the spring Nike Circuit, Cal was front and center for his first game, uh, and he very much stood out to me immediately. Uh, I, I I remember actually having the thought, maybe having the conversation with one of the people there, uh, watching him. Like, does he really have any business like waiting two more years to play college basketball? Uh, cause he was clearly, you know, regardless of class, one of the best players out there on the Nike circuit and the Nike circuit has still to this day, uh, despite some of the others trying to rise up and po- they have poached a few Nike has like most years, uh, an abundance of the top, top, top players. And a lot of years, like every guy Kentucky offers is on the Nike circuit,
0: mm-hmm. um, you and don't so see as went, many guys going on the Under Armour. I know Brian Antoine and Scotty Lewis went on it. Um, yeah, really kind of it's a It's a whole other crop of guys, yeah.
1: But, yeah, uh, you know, Adidas has some. Uh, Adidas had, like, um, Zion was the big one. Uh, mm-hmm. He played on their circuit, when, as did Quickly and some others. But, anyway, we're digressing, as we do. Terrence Clark, it's to me, building. super bouncy. Yeah. Uh, just has i mean it seems generic to say and it's hard to like put into or you you are better at it than i am in terms of describing a specific game but he he just has the knack uh the scoring knack and if you if you watch especially if you just watch a uh you know <laughs> like uh the beat going uh, highlight reel you know the you know intended to make him look amazing uh highlight reel of of Terrence Clark it's all these plays where he's just putting dudes on skates and uh, doing you know crazy things with the basketball to get by people, and then once he does, he's he's really quick off the floor, um, you know eye level with the rim. As we've said before, he's not a great shooter. Um, he's at times been a pretty good shooter. He also had a just a rancid, I think, peach jam shooting uh, from three. But I think, but a, but a great scorer, and I think he can become a pretty good shooter.
0: I think his sample as a whole, sort of, it, it could be described as average. I mean, he, he's he's had times, yeah, where where he's hit some shots, but overall, I, just, I was kind of combing over his stats in different settings in high school and EYBL and things like that, and it seems like he's probably about a 30, 30 to 33% three-point shooter, I would say. You know, he's going to have his stretches, but he's also going to have his stretches where he can't hit anything. Like, I, I compared him to... He has this like really loose fluidity to his game, and I would say that. And he has some playmaking instincts. Um, I don't think that he would be the guy that I would like put the whole offensive load on, but I do think that if he's like you're a guy that you th- you you have a good playmaker and you have him in your in your offense, he's skilled enough with the ball as a playmaker and a scorer to be a serious pain in the ass because he can create, he can get a shot at any point, and he really is. Uh, like a slithery kind of a guy like he can get between gaps uh, I compared him to Will Barton, this guy that played for Memphis. Who I don't, even, I don't, I think he was a, like maybe just slightly after Cal left. I'm, I'm getting my timeline. That's right. Yeah. I think, right. re- yeah. I think he was.
1: A, I think he was a, a Passner guy.
0: Yeah, but he, but he was like a like a, a prototypical Memphis type of guy that Cal would have had. Um, I don't know if he was committed before or not. I, I'll have to look that up. But also, uh, he kind of reminds me of. And then I, I, I want to be careful. You know, whenever you make comparisons, you kind of tend towards. Um, high watermarks like the the best outcomes and things like that. A uh, little bit of Eddie Jones, you know, a little bit of um, so he's really a traditional kind of a swing man, not quite a not quite a three or a two, but with some playmaking. Um, Derek Anderson, another one too, another yeah. guy that I th- that I think he, that Kentucky fans could maybe expect. Uh, but he's a, he's a good player. Um, he's I think he's going to be ranked number four in this class. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah, he was three in the in the. 2021 class and he's that tells you how good he is too that he moved up a year uh with with this crop that's already kind of established in the rankings and he stayed in the top five uh which as we've mentioned will end the will end the streak until hadn't signed a top five ranked recruit since 2015 um about his shooting though you know in the reds sort of gives you an idea of kind of up and down the up and down nature of his shooting in, in 13 regular season games on the, the Nike circuit, he shot 30 just shy of 34% on 65 attempts from three. Then he went one for 22 at Peach Jam. So uh, not great, but um, but he is a – I mean, I, I think sometimes that stuff can be a little misleading, and it's a very that's a very small sample size. Um, I think he's going to be a, a terrific player for them. This was a very important get. And it also – Um, could kind of transition to the other things we wanted to cover in this segment. um, It allowed them to back away from the table on the couple guys. And that may be disappointing on the surface to some Kentucky fans, but effectively ends the recruitment of Jalen green and Josh Christopher. Uh, And I think in the wash, that's probably a positive Uh, Jalen green, I think is going to end up at Oregon probably, or, or Memphis. There's the two kind of to beat now. Uh, In terms of commitment, I say end up at, end up committing to. Right. uh, And then we'll, I would guess, continue to negotiate with overseas options uh, because I think that's ultimately what he'd like to do, what his family would like to do, and it won't surprise me at all. I think there was a real risk there is for who continues to recruit him and would have been for Kentucky on on Jalen Green that you put all this time into it and then he goes and plays pro ball overseas.
0: And then you become um, a hat on the table, and, to that, that cow quote, right? Yeah,
1: and, and, and we'll talk about some of that later, but that's in the, the state of the program that I um, published today, actually, along kind of a, a deep dive, if you will, on the, the program as a whole, where they've been, where they are, where they're yeah. going. Um, and there's a, a recruiting segment, and, and in our hour-long Q&A session with a, a few of the beat writers last week, Cal kept saying that phrase. It was a new one that we don't want to be a hat on the table.
0: Before we go to that, which I I really encourage everybody to hang around and listen to that because Kyle got some incredible stuff, I want to tell you about Buffalo Trace Distillery. Uh, This is the world's most award winning distillery. And if you come to Buffalo Trace, you're going to see 200 years of masterful bourbon making history in action. Come and smell the mash cooking, touch the charred oak barrels, aging in century old warehouses. Mm, Yeah, that's where you keep bourbon. Hear the tales of bourbon legends like Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Uh, Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week year round like the popular trace tour visit the world's bourbon destination buffalo trace distillery to learn more about the distillery's history and spirits visit buffalo distillery.com mention that you heard about buffalo trace on the locked on kentucky podcast and get 10 percent off merchandise at the gift shop so uh, Kyle, you were talking about that Q&A and the hat on the table and Cal in general, what he looks like. His Kyle's article on The Athletic, I would encourage everybody to go check that out. Um, it is just a trove of stuff. Cal seems a little more candid, doesn't he? He seems like... Yeah, I don't know. It seems like he maybe is in a different frame of mind, kind of, uh, kind of like you, a little rested.
1: <laughs> yeah, when, you, when I think a few things, I think when you've got ten years behind you with a body of work like Cal has produced, and obviously addressing the state of the program, there is a whole bunch of near misses. But the dude has averaged thirty wins for the the decade he's been at Kentucky, and been to seven final four, or seven elite eights. Um, when you got that in your rear view, and then you've just signed a ten year, eighty six million dollar contract. I think there is certainly an element of like I don't know unburdening. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. what 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 care in the world can you have at that point? Uh, you're playing with house money. You're playing with a lot of Kentucky's house money. Um, and 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 I think he went away this summer. It felt like he vac- vacationed a little longer and a little harder. He came back. Uh, he, he's often comes back in the summer tan, but he. He just looks like a, a dude who's like slept on the beach for several months. Um, <laughs> we've you know, seen
0: him unrested. I mean, I've yeah, you've seen, seen puffy face cow with with a little gut and yeah. I mean, yeah. It looks like
1: he's probably spent some time on his elliptical and and walking the boardwalk as he talked about and thinking about things. And he said, um, you know, this he 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 thought about it walking around the boardwalk this summer and thought of it like this: This is my second tour of duty. How do we? The game is changing. Things are changing around us. How do we stay on top? How do we do even better in the next 10 years? Um, that was one of the sort of broad things that he said. But one of the most interesting ones is what we alluded to in the last segment. He kept coming back to this idea of, of I've been telling my assistants, we we recruit. We don't get recruited. Uh, we don't want to end up as a hat on the table. Don't waste my time and money. And then he said, well, the university's time and money. Um, you know, Chasing these guys flying all over the country – only to find out you've been played. Um, now, I don't know if that was about one specific guy, because I think it's happened to him a few times. Um, but Jalen Green's a little bit of a different kind of hat on the table thing. I, I think if it was just a school, you know, if, if they were just competing with other schools, they'd feel pretty good about their chances. Um, but in this case, they're, they're competing with, you know, a paid professional basketball career overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's been some other guys that, that they have kind of come to realize just feel validated by saying, Kentucky wants me. They press for a Kentucky offer. They really want to go somewhere else, but they think, I think Cal said at one point, they think it it validates that they're a pro if we, if we're interested in them Uh, and and let's not basically let's not get played is what, you know, not being a hat on a table is about. Uh, And to that end, uh, because they got Terrence Clark, I think they've backed away from Jalen Green. They will no longer recruit. There have been stories out today that even Jalen Green's father has com- confirmed that. I think they'll also back away from Josh Christopher, another top ten player, because they don't they're they're good. They don't need any more perimeter players. Yeah. They need, a, they need I- a point guard and they need big men.
0: I would I would uh, sort of calm Kentucky fans by saying I don't think that we're going to see the best of Jalen Green in college. And by that, I mean, I don't think that we're going to see a great representation of what he's going to be. Um, I think he's going to be a little wild, I think. And, and I think Kentucky's going to be fine. Like Boston, Boston kind of reminds me of Kelly Oubre a little bit. Um, I think, you know, big, long... Fluid, bouncy, kind of does a little bit of everything, and and we talked about Clark. I think I think it's fine. I think that they came out more than fine. I mean, like Boston and and Clark, <laughs> they have are, the
1: number one class in America by I mean, like it's, a wide margin right now. Well,
0: so. there's a weird obsession with Jalen Green, and I don't get it. Yeah. Like I get comments all the time, no, people I agree. like. Love Jalen Green. I'm like, he's very raw, guys. He's got a long way to go, and I don't think we're going to see it for a little while.
1: I think here's one reason, because they don't have a point guard in this class, and I think people see Green. They see combo guard. They see that he's uh, you know, point guard-sized a lot no, more sir. than Terrence Clark. And, oh, maybe he can play point guard. I don't think that. No. And he wants to play point guard, but no. More power I, I to him. I don't think that works out for them. So, I, look, they have a plan to have a point guard. Uh We've talked about it. They're going to they're gonna continue to pursue Cade Cunningham. I think also the fact that they do continue to pr- pursue Cade Cunningham, considering Cal Perry's let's not be a hat on a table, uh, tells you that they think they're not going to just be a hat on a table. At least they have a shot. Uh, and if they don't get him, I think they're going to really go for another reclassification in Devin Askew, and they'll be They'd be much better with Terrence Clark on the wing and Devin Askew at point guard than they would have been with Jalen Green, you know, demanding to play point guard.
0: I think Um, I think all you got to do is get like a solid. I don't even know that you necessarily need to get a star with those wings because those wings have enough playmaking DNA in their in their makeup that I think that they could be fine. But also uh, something we we failed to mention that we really should is who Cal went to visit um, today as we're uh, recording on Monday. Yes, yes, Jonathan Kaminga, who is a beast. Like This guy is a physical, I try to not to say specimen and talk, talk about these kids like they're like swap me. People do that sometimes yeah. and it's kind of a turn off. But no, Kaminga is a freak. If you think about like, imagine, um, imagine OG Ananobi, but he's like, Kaminga is more <laughs> advanced. He's just more like an earlier advanced version of Ananobi. Yeah. Um, have you seen him in person at all?
1: Yeah, yeah, he was also there. Uh, That was another kid that they prioritized, even though he was in 2021, while Cal, I believe, simultaneous to Cal watching, uh, I think this is right, to Cal watching... Clark, uh, they were they had an assistant over, maybe uh, Kenny Payne, I believe, over watching Jonathan Kaminga on opening night in the spring of, of the Nike circuit. Uh, he's the number one overall player, I think pretty much consensus, in the class of 2021. Cal went to visit him at the St. Patrick's School in New Jersey, which uh, Kentucky has successfully recruited from in the past. Um, and there's a picture out there. Cal basically posed for a picture with the entire school, Jonathan Kaminga and like 50 people in this picture. Um, I think there's some, he's a hundred percent predictions. There's only three of them, but a hundred percent of them are for Duke on its crystal ball right now, but uh, don't count Kentucky out for this one. He and Terrence Clark are tight. I think so tight that they almost uh, teamed up in high school at one point. Um, and I think, uh, there is some buzz, uh, some potential that he could move to 2020 as well. Um, if Kentucky could get him and get him in 2020 with the guys they have, uh, then we can actually start talking about you know this as one of Calipari's absolute best classes ever.
0: If you could, if they could somehow get Kuminga and then start talking about I, one more big some, and a
1: point guard. Well, I mean, if they could
0: somehow get Cunningham and then have Clark Kuminga, <laughs> good Boston, lord. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that's <laughs> yeah.
1: if they did get Cunningham. And, and Cunningham's
0: and you, my guy. That's who I want. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, and you honest. wonder
1: too, like. If they haven't, if by getting out to this crazy fast start, and it is a crazy fast start, uh, Ben Roberts of the Herald-Leader had a a great point in one of the things he wrote either today or recently in the Herald-Leader, that they haven't gotten this many guys locked up this early since the team, the group that won the national championship. Anthony Davis, Mm. uh, Marcus Teague, Kyle Wilcher, uh, and, and Kid Gilchrist had all committed by September 1st. Um, this is a really early start to have four high-level guys um, committed. And you wonder if there's a snowball effect. And so then if you get a guy like Kaminga on board, uh, I think uh, Isaiah Jackson, the big guy, five-star big man, uh, could be probably next in line for them. But if it, you wonder if they, this starts to pile up and Kaminga says, yeah, I want to be on a super team. And I believe yeah. Terrence Clark has talked in the past about – you know, super teams. Well, now if you got all these guys and you say to Cade Cunningham, what if you come play here instead of Oklahoma State? That's, (laughs) you know, like you've got all these guys around you taking so much pressure off and you can just be the best things that you are. They would be ridiculous. I mean, yeah,
0: that's you're talking about optimized pieces at that point, though, because which I mean that, you know, in a good way that like if you bring in Cunningham, to connect with all those other he he would elevate all those other pieces like that would be that if they got like one more stretch player who's like in that six eight range my brain might melt like <laughs> that might be my that that might be the best and most optimized uh group that cal's gotten in a long time well Maybe if you think about paper
1: think about the size too. I mean, you'd be oh, I be Cunningham 66 six point guard, then your two guards 67, your 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 three is 68. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm you know. Sure that's, that's I,
1: it's just, probably not going to happen. Let's let's no, just say that. Not. There's still a good chance Kaminga does end up at Duke. I mean, there's going to certainly be a battle for him. There's no certainty that will go into 2020, well, 2020. Um, but I think even let's say they get Kaminga and they don't get Cunningham, but they get Devin Askew. I they have a chance to really put together a a special group so uh, i think it's not a small thing that they were up there visiting him today i think kenny payne has taken the lead on him on kaminga um but i i've been sort of banging the drum since the spring that like i had a this had a feel that this was going to be the class that got everybody to like stop with the you know is cal losing his touch uh, and I think it is. I absolutely think that is is happening I,
0: right now. I admit I was skeptical. I, I've been skeptical, but um, well, we're we're going long on this segment. Let's uh, let's take a, a break, and we'll, we'll be talking more about this as as it's coming, uh, because Kyle gets all kinds of these nuggets, and it's it's uh, it's good stuff. So we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the upcoming season.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Let's talk to Kyle about why he says the word tour. <laughs> Tour.
0: Tour? What are you talking from, about?
1: The, from the... Bur- from the I meant to hit you on that right out of the, the last segment, the Bourbon Trace Distillery, the Buffalo I've Trace been, Distillery this Tour. Is, this is tour. a consistent <laughs> argument between me
0: and my wife. <laughs> she, tour. Says tu- she says tour. I say tour. It's tour. You got a problem with it? You say tour. tour. No, that's tour. T-O-R-E. The, tour-
1: the Tournament. You're one of those
0: people. That no, says the I masters- say Tournament. The Masters Tournament. No, I say Tournament. Tour. No, whatever. whatever, man. Talk about your article, all right? That's why we're here. <laughs> Go.
1: I got two. I got two of them up um, right now. Basketball focused. Uh, two things up right now. Uh, basketball focused on the athletic. The first one came out Sunday. Um, I published it first because I felt like to me it's the sort of the um, decisive sort of storyline of the season, um, and that is the big men, uh, the front court, and in that conversation. Uh, with Cal Perry last week, he didn't try to pretend like, oh no, it was good. We were good either way. We were good either way on on big guys. It was like, no, uh, you tried to go get guys all the way until July. Uh, You you tried to add Blackshear and then you tried when you didn't get him, you tried to add Infali Dante. And that's really inarguable. So he didn't really try to argue. it. he said, like, yes, I thought it was important. You know, you need another guy. And I thought it was interesting too that he brought up. You know, the one thing I worry about is what if we get a we got to play a guy who's six six, but he's a moose. You know what happens? Um, I never would have thought that John Calipari in Kentucky were worried about a six six like fire hydrant kind of guy. Yeah, but you know that's that's the worry. Like, do, can can your front court get pushed around? Can he, can they get fouled out easily?
0: This uh this Kentucky team I think has a chance. Curtis and I talked about this last summer about the the this past team, but I think it's even more true with this group is that this team has a chance to be more of a uh, the potential to be more of a disruptive defensive team cuz Cal really prefers to have those teams that sit back and uh you know, he he likes to f- you know, funnel and and fan drivers towards Shot, Shot blocking that he loves to have, and I don't think I think this team is going to be much more of a get up under the point of attack and bother it, try to create steals and turnovers and get out moving. Because of what you said, even in a set situation, if you know that I do worry about their physicality and the positional defensive intelligence of this group, because you don't have a PJ and a Reed back there, you've got thin guys. You've got you know Nick Richards is, is an eraser, but he's out of position all the time. Uh, you know, he prone to pick up fouls. EJ the same just struggled with boneheaded fouls all the time last year. Uh, and yeah, like I, I agree. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be critically, critically important. Uh, and I think it's going to be critically important that uh, Khalil Whitney plays some four at, at, and Keon Brooks, too. Uh, they're going to need both of those guys to just be animals on the glass.
1: Yeah, and Cal. One of the things I asked Cal was, "How are you comfortable playing small? Are you do you, will you will you do it if you need to do it?" And he said, "I mean, he said yes, and and was pretty definitive about it, and said he'd been doing it in practice, uh, that he'd been working basically rotating uh, Whitney and Brooks uh, at the four, uh, not all the time, but when in experimenting with that a little bit. Um, so I, you know, I I I think I believe him on that. I think you know, I think he realizes that he. He's sort of his hand is forced. He's gonna have to play a way that he's not necessarily been comfortable with in the past. And the net result could be really positive. I think you and I have talked about it.
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned the net result because to play small sort of implies a trade. And if you want to play small, it implies that you're gonna be trading more off more offense and more perimeter shooting for that defensive weakness that you have. And if that trade's not there You know, this team's going to have to shoot well, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah,
1: and I Um, thought the interesting thing was was Kals emphasized that Johnny Jones can, Johnny Jones, Johnny Juzang can really, really shoot it. And he said, thank, and thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he knows, he knows that that is important. But Mm -hmm. uh, everyone I have talked to about what they've seen this summer says that Johnny's shooting is for real, Uh, that he is a, knockdown guy out there and that's big they need him to be um if he can be f- plus 40 percent and sure. and
0: well, he'd be the he'd set the record right if he was plus, what's the i mean well, lamb set the record right i'm nah, pretty yeah, sure lamb
1: shot like 50 percent like people have no idea how good Duron lamb oh, was on. in the was two it years 50 he's unbelievable he has the career three-point shooter i didn't uh, know if
0: it was quite 50 though uh, i think it's
1: pretty damn close let me see
0: he never hit 50. He came close. He was he hit 40 49 as freshman year, which is just nuts. And yeah, and then 47. He's the, yeah, he's the, career, he's the career he's the career
1: he's the career three-point percentage leader at Kentucky, uh Lamb at 47.5%. Um it looks like there have been 11 guys uh, in their well in the career well, numbers who've shot at Kentucky who've shot forty plus percent. Travis and
0: Ford shot fifty three percent from three his for a junior season. Year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm talking career wise. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm just I'm just marveling no. at that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, but like, you know, Devin Booker, uh under Cal Devin Booker, Jamal Murray, and Shagil just Alexander all were forty plus percent guys. Um so, you know, I I think You know, it's not outrageous to think Johnny could do that. Um,
0: But they need more than one. They're going to need need him to do that, and they
1: need Maxie to shoot it, you know.
0: 35.
1: North of 35%, yeah. Um, You know, and let's not leave out Emmanuel quickly, because he's a guy who I think in SEC play shot at like 39% last year from three um he can he can shoot it he was a 40 plus percent three-point shooter in high school um so they i think they feel like they do have some shooting um but it's gonna have to be on on the night and that's the thing too because they don't have an overabundance of it on the nights that johnny or whoever is off does that backfire on you trying to play small but i, I the other thing is for whatever amount of minutes that they can keep Nick Richards on the floor they'll be able to play the way Cal has always wanted to play they will be able to funnel guys to a shot blocker Um, and and honestly EJ blocks shots pretty well uh, off the ball um, yeah he uh, does as a help defender and so if those two are out there together and they can stay out there together and and not lose their minds um, it does allow you know maybe Kentucky mixes and matches styles you know for however long nick and ej hold it together out there then defensively they can attack it as per usual and when not they can really be aggressive out on the floor and and cal talked about that some in talking to some people around the team i think that's going to be the case they feel like they can just smother people at the point of attack you know get you know pick up 94 feet
0: a lot of lineup flexibility yeah it's going to be uh it's going to be really fascinating, and, and we're going to do more previewing of that. We got to we got to wrap her on up, but uh, we're going to do be doing more previewing of that as as we as we go on in the next couple weeks. Uh, maybe do player at a time. We talked about doing that, but go and read Kyle's stories, both of them, and uh, he he will not uh, be doing anything else the rest of this week. Right, going to have an umbrella drink sitting back and uh yeah so <laughs> anyway <I don't laughs> i'm gonna watch going a lot of netflix yeah, yeah yeah for sure so uh, watch mine hunter really good show Love so it. yep we will uh we'll catch you next time you can follow me and find my work on the dime drop my name is at uh, j kyle on twitter and he is at kyle tucker underscore a t h. I i got it right that time right you nailed it perfect sweet all right guys we'll see you tomorrow Bye. cure Bye.